Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio. Welcome back to Southeast Radio's Business Matters with me, Carl Fitzpatrick. My final guest, Bobby Healy from MANA, is set to launch his drone food delivery service later this year, and he joins me now to explain why he expects this business to take off in a major way. Bobby, we'll be discussing your plans to bring drones to the food delivery service market. But first, tell us about the companies which you've been involved with over the course of your career. I've always been a startup guy. I, I, um, I started my career writing video games. Um, for Nintendo, a uh, bunch of very famous and very crappy video games I built. Um, and then I went from there, I started up a number of businesses, mostly in the travel technology space. Um, you know, there was a company called Eland, which started off in Mexico City, of all places, and then we, we grew it over the States and moved it back to Ireland. In 96, we sold that business to an international uh travel technology firm that, that have since actually grown the business in Ireland and there's now several hundred jobs um, in, in, in Letterkenny of all places still for that firm. And then in the last uh, 14 years I grew Cartrawler, which is a, I'm sure most people would know or have heard of Cartrawler in some way and that's based in Dublin and uh, you know that's been such a great success story. It's a technology business that you know underlying it and a uh, really strong technology team and you know now have over 500 people uh, in Ireland and we are the, the leaders in the world of, of what we do and then in the last you know as you, as you probably as some of you are probably aware in the last year or so I've, I've you know focused all my attention now on this drone delivery business which which occupies nearly all of my time. Now just on car trawler that has been a phenomenal success but what was the key behind the success? I think it was, you know, timing. Like in in all businesses, I think the the most important ingredient is is, and I hate to say it. Well, I, no, I don't hate to say it, but it's true. Um, it, it's luck and timing, you know. So you choose when to. You come up with a great idea, a great product, and, and you have a great team that build a great product. But that's on its own not enough, and you have to be able to pick the right time to do something. And we actually picked a super time where airlines around the world were looking to sell more than just flights to their customers. They had these huge captive customer bases with credit cards in hand, purchasing very large ticket price items, i.e. an airfare. And it was, you know, nonsensical not to be offering them other products. And, you know, you know, 14 years ago, I met the Curly brothers that had a car hire company and, and a pretty obvious marriage where you would take car hire, wrap that up with a technology blanket and market it through uh, airline websites to their customers. You know, so for me anyway, what the key to car trawler was that, you know, a very good product in a very, in a very hungry space. So product market fit, as you know, you would call it. And the timing where the airlines wanted to do something, it was going to be disruptive. And also the incumbents, i.e. the big, huge car hire companies that were ostensibly the only, you know, way for an airline to do this, had a pretty poor technology product. So, you know, we came in at a time when there was a market need, there was a product fit. But what was the greatest lesson that you learned along the way with Cartrawler? Yeah, same lesson that I've learned, you know, my whole life is always trust yourself. You know, have faith in your own decision-making, your own judgment, because you're going to find people will always second-guess you and doubt you. And I've had that my whole life, you know, in business particularly, where, 
you know, people would say, no, that's never going to work. No, that's impossible. No way would a giant company, you know, work with a tiny Irish company. And, and that's, you know, if you listened to those people, you would never, you would never give it a go. You would never risk everything and, and try to drive a business. You'd sit back, you'd let someone else take the risk and you'd be, you know, an employee, which nothing wrong with that, but certainly... There's very few people in any of my startups that I've done would have said, yeah, yeah, that'll work, that'll work. You know, and even even with Manon and my drone delivery business, you know, three years ago when I started the concept and the idea and I started to think about it and talk about it and plan for it, you know, everyone in my world, including my own mother, said that I was mad, you know, and, and here we are now, you know, where we've raised multi-million dollars from international VCs and we're going to go live. Um so, so, so for me, biggest lesson, absolutely, you know, touch your own instinct and, and, and fail by all means, fail, but let it be your own failure and not someone else telling you to stop. So you now have a new entrepreneurial focus in MANA. What is MANA and where did the idea for this come from, Bobby? Yeah, so MANA is a drone delivery service, as a, a platform. So essentially we'll provide restaurants, restaurant chains and online companies with a, with a drone delivery service. So, you know, we'll fly our drones. We've designed and built our own drones and they'll carry a bag of chips from your local chipper up in the air, 80 metres in the air, 80 kilometres as the crow flies and, and deliver them directly to your doorstep. And that, that's essentially it, you know. That, that sounds simple. Um, there's quite a bit of technology and team, you know, and R&D behind that and also, you know, regulatory, you know, work also behind it. But that's essentially it. And then where the idea came from was, you know, most come up with ideas. Most of them are stupid ideas that they... You know, you know, I have a moment of inspiration, come up with an idea, and then it doesn't stand the test of time. But this idea came when, actually, I am a tech guy myself, and obviously tech guys play with toys, tech toys. So I had a bunch of drones myself, and I was interested in the baseline technology that, you know, is inside every drone. And as I learned more about it, I could see clearly that the drones are actually simple, relatively simple devices with a bunch of off-the-shelf you know, commonly accessible components that can be tied together in a unique way to make what we call an aviation-grade drone or a drone that would, would never fall out of the sky. And so I say, right, if you can build a mule like that, what can you do with that mule and, and how does that translate into a business opportunity? And then you say, okay, well, what's that market look like overall? What's the Irish market look like? What's the worldwide market look like? And it turns out that the worldwide market is absolutely astronomically large and growing at a, at a rate of knots that is very, very attractive for an, from an investability point of view. And look at the UK market alone where... Every year, there's over 700 million takeaway orders, you know, every year. And the order of them is Indian, Chinese, pizzas and burgers and fries. And then you say, well, why is it burgers and fries number four? And the reason it's number four is because, you know, burgers and fries don't travel well. They, they you know, anything more than two or three minutes or five minutes, worst case, the burger and fries are just no longer burger and fries. They taste horrible and people don't order them because they don't deliver. And if you could deliver them in two minutes or three minutes, then you have something the customers want that they're currently not getting. Yeah. Now, that's fascinating, Bobby. Now, when the public hears about drones, we perhaps think of the off-the-shelf products. But for commercial purposes, the drones are often more akin to the safety levels of an aircraft. Perhaps you can explain this to us. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the way to think about 
um, what we're doing is essentially we're both an aircraft manufacturer, like a Boeing or an Airbus, and we're an airline operating that. So we're, we're two things rolled into one. And we're going to be flying autonomous aircraft. So in other words, there's nobody flying these aircraft. They fly themselves, they find their way around, they identify where they are, and they do all of these things completely unaided. And so, you know, how do you feel if I'm flying over your house with a hamburger? You know, what are you thinking as that starts to get pervasive? And so we we very much need to answer multiple questions. And the, the first one is safety. And, and the way we answer that question is, you know what, we need to be safer than an airline. We actually need to be, it needs to be impossible for us to fall out of the sky, number one. And number two, even if anything did go wrong, someone set the fire, who the fuck can go wrong? We, we carry on board two parachutes that make sure that even when things go wrong, we land gently with a parachute. Hmm. That's the number one. So we have to be safer than safer than safe. And what's nice about our industry is that it's regulated. So it means that there's going to be an aviation regulator, in in our case in Ireland, the IAA, that will look at what we do. They will inspect our aircraft, our processes. They will inspect our team, and they will inspect our documentary evidence that shows that we're safe. And we'll have a regulator that will license us on the basis that they've concluded that we're safe. Bigger issues, though, that people will start to think about as as we grow are, are more around privacy, around noise pollution, around jobs, those kind of big societal issues that are beyond the safety. Noise is an easy one. Our, our, our drones are completely silent. You, you won't hear or see our drones when they're cruising altitude. They're, they're beautiful, large propellers. They make a very, very silent whirr. So, so the noise issue isn't really an issue for us. Privacy is a conceptual issue that people will say, hey, you're flying over my house during the day, you know, uh, what are you doing when you're flying over my house? Just like when you look at Google Maps or Google Satellite Views, you're saying, you know, they're showing overhead pictures of my house. Does that mean now your drones are going to be taking pictures of my house and they'll be available? So, so we need to be, as far as the consumer is concerned, the apple of privacy. And for us, that, that translates to we don't carry on board any recording devices. We do not take pictures when we're traveling. We don't take video. We don't care at all what's underneath us other than to get to the destination we're flying to. Another concern that people raise is jobs. What about, you know, you're taking all these jobs away from delivery drivers and, and so on and, you know, robots taking over the world and what's the world going to look like? Well, actually, we're going to totally change consumer behavior. When we go to a two- or three-minute delivery time, you're going to see people ordering far more products from their local restaurants and their local convenience stores. And so, actually, those jobs will increase and will move into restaurants and into production areas. And, Bobby, in terms of regulation, is it possible to deliver food via drones in Ireland today? No, it's not. You'd be breaking the law today. To to do what we're doing, you would be arrested. and so there, there's a process for this now. There's a regulatory framework that's being put in place by the European Agency for Aviation Regulators and the IAA fall within, within that. So when we go live, it will be with a license from the Irish regulator to permit us to do what we're doing. But, it's, but, but right now it's completely illegal to fly a drone beyond line of sight or autonomously in any way. 
Um, but we've been working with the regulator here in Ireland for a number of years now, and we're at the final stages of the process of getting our certification. And so long as we show that we have a safe aircraft and we have a safe, well-trained, well-run operation, we're quite confident that we'll be licensed and ready to go sometime at the end of this year, early next year. Now, Bobby, you mentioned that you've carried out a lot of market research into this already. What is the perception surrounding drone deliveries? Is it one of excitement or is there more trepidation associated with it? I, th- I think we're catching most people by surprise. I mean, mo- most people, you know, think straight to, uh, you know, movies, sky- sci-fi movies, and they they, they, they they haven't really thought about it that much. But when you give them enough time to think about it and, you know, you tease out how they feel about it, I think the, the majority of people are very excited about it and not fully understanding the implications of it. And, you know, when I see... You know, because we're already in operation in test sites all over the world. And when I see or I bring investors or I bring, you know, members of the public and, and demonstrate the product to them and they see the aircraft arriving at 80 kilometers an hour and, you know, virtually screeching to a halt and then descending to 15 meters and lowering the food down, when they see not just obviously how entertaining that is to to witness, but also how practical it is and how much better it is than, you know, road-based delivery where, let's be honest, the guy is going to be anywhere from half an hour to over an hour to deliver your food. It's going to be lukewarm. He or she will be looking maybe for a tip and he or she might have helped themselves to some of your fries, (laughs) you know, to, to a robotic system that is just massively more entertaining and massively more efficient um, so once people experience it you, you mean the penny drops and you very quickly get to for the uneducated user you very quickly get to this is the future of delivery now while i can see this working very well in summer weather what about stormy wet weather yeah well we're not expecting any bad weather in ireland once we launch it's so <laughs> hoping to get 365 days no so yeah, no, we've, I mean, Ireland is funnily a great test market for us because we are an island. We have got terrible weather. It's very windy. It's very uh, gusty and and it rains a lot. So those are easy problems to solve, actually. So you, you have a specially designed aircraft that is able to withstand rain, hail, snow. And, you know, the the problem of flying in, in strong winds is actually one of the energy. It's not... It's not it's not avionics or it's not aeronautical engineering. It's simple energy problems. So the heavier the wind, the stronger you need to be, and that uses energy. And you get very close to a nearly impossible problem to solve where the amount of energy you're using to fly your battery through a 30-knot headwind is more energy than you can actually consume. So we can solve that, and we can fly in 99% of Irish weather and so if you can fly in Ireland, you can fly anywhere. That's kind of our way of looking at it. And we've already solved that. And Bobby, with recent regulatory changes in the US market, will this accelerate MANA's entry into this market? Yeah. So, I mean, the Irish Aviation Authority have been at pretty much at the forefront of, of helping define regulations internationally. So the regulations that we work with in Ireland now have a lot of input from the Irish regulator. And, and a number of others, so the Swiss would be, a, you know, very much a proponent as well. And so, so it's more actually, 
we'll expect to fly in Ireland first and a, and a couple of other European markets first. And actually, that would provide a tailwind for us to enter other markets. Once, once other markets like the US or Singapore, Japan, or any other international market outside of the EU, once they see what this looks like in terms of safety, operational security, all those things, there'll be a lot more followers internationally very quickly behind what we're doing in Ireland. And we fully expect to be the, the, the fastest business to commercialize the space in the world by next year. And we do think that, that a lot of markets will provide a much easier access for us once we demonstrate what we can do. And how are you going to stay ahead of that swarm of new entrants that come into the space? Yeah, I mean, you're right, there will be a swarm of them. Um, it, it is. It does take a long time, you know. We're, we're nearly three years doing what we do. And if we were to start it now, it'd still take us two or three years to do what, you know, to get to where we are now. So we we know that we have a big time advantage. So if we continue to build on our team, build and scale up our team, and if we continue to attract investment capital, which which we are doing very successfully, uh, I'm confident that we can build something that's sustainable, that's defendable, and that we can win internationally without being taken down. Are you aware if Deliveroo or others are looking at this particular space at the moment? Most of those companies in in that space, and and I've spoken to nearly all of them, are really happy about what we're doing and are looking to work with us to help them out. So if you think about it, their biggest problem is one of cost of the logistics and we'll completely remove that cost for them. So it will will help them and the restaurants that they serve. So no, the only ones that are doing it in, in a small way are Uber Eats. Um, and also Alphabet, Google's parent, mm. have a company called Wing underneath them. And Wing are definitely at the forefront of this and, and really interested in what they're doing. But again, they're not. we don't see them as competitors for us. We see them as competitors for, for our partners in this. So we, we expect to be powering every restaurant and every online channel that serves that restaurant with demand with a channel agnostic fleet of drones. And Bobby, finally, are you building this business to keep it or to sell it? So this is unusual, right, because the last two businesses that I've built, I've sold um, or, or sold or done leverage buyout or, or some kind of, you know, mm-hmm. magic. And they're still living, they're still breathing and they're still growing in terms of staff. And, you know, I, I would definitely see that this is the biggest thing I'll ever build if it works. Uh, it's, a, it's a high risk business, um, but we have an extremely high ambition on this. And so I don't think we're going to be selling any time in the next five to 10 years. I think our plan, if it goes well, is going to be to dominate all of the key markets in the world. And that's going to take us five to 10 years. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Bobby Healy from MANA. And there are certainly exciting times ahead with this business. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.